Good morning. Good morning, Tuscaloosa. Good morning, Tuscaloosa, Internet World, West Alabama, downtown Northport, wherever you're joining and watching us on the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. I am Joe Gaither. You are the listener, the viewer. You're watching us on YouTube. You're watching us on Facebook, on Twitter, on everywhere that you can get the Joe Gaither Show. You're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Amazon. Might help if I don't hit my microphone and unplug it right there. Good Monday morning. Oh, man, and it is Monday morning, and you're thinking, why are we doing the show this early? We're doing the show this early because it's going to be a crazy busy day here at Bama Central, and we are so, so excited to kick off a new week so you guys can follow us at BamaCentral.com for all our coverage. We're going to be covering Alabama basketball's first practice, Alabama baseball's first practice. Of course, Nick Saban at noon. Nick Saban is going to be talking at noon, followed by some Alabama football players, and we will get over to Alabama women's basketball as well later in the afternoon. So, huge day. Huge, huge day at Bama Central. Make sure you're following it at BamaCentral.com. We'll bring you the action for all four sports getting roll going right here at the Capstone. And I'm so excited to be a part of it right there at BemaCentral.com. You can follow us at BemaCentral on uh, on the Twitter machine or X machine at BemaCentralSI on Instagram. And we are very, very excited about the huge day. What are we going to do? Oh, my gosh. How did you guys enjoy the weekend? I enjoyed it. Oh, my goodness. I enjoyed it very, very much. Uh, we are going to talk about, of course, Alabama soccer. Okay, just kidding. We will hit the Alabama soccer game in just a moment. But no, 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 no. That's not going to be the main focus today. The main focus today is Alabama's back. The Alabama Anaconda showed itself on Saturday, defeating Defeating, oh yes, sir. That's okay. That's okay. Welcome in, James Ludeman. Good morning. It's okay. Uh, Alabama defeating the Ole Miss Rebels, twenty-four to ten. My man, James Ludeman, chiming in all on the Facebook side of things, and you guys can as well at Joe Gaither Six. You can follow me there on all the social medias: Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, Instagram, all of them at Joe Gaither Six. My man, James Ludeman, chiming in on the comments. Okay, I was wrong about Bama. Me of little faith. You're not. You're, you're. You're not alone. Don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. I listened to a lot of radio shows this past week that had Alabama's dynasty being over. That had Alabama having no chance to beat Ole Miss. And I gotta admit, I gotta admit, last Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I was feeling the same way. I was feeling the same way. Oh my gosh, this thing is about to go off the rails. They're not gonna be able to get it back. Everything is oh. On shaky ground. But Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, I started to go the other way and feel the other way. If you watched the Joe Gaither show on Friday, we had a fun football Friday with our friends from Bama Central, Miss Katie Wyndham, Austin Hannon, and of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Dr. Chris Walsh. And yeah, I picked Alabama to win the game. Yes, I picked it 34-24, a little too high scoring for what it turned out to be. I picked Alabama to cover the spread, the six and a half point spread. And so, boom, your boy is Three and one against the spread. Three and one against the spread uh, with the Alabama game so far this year. So maybe you want to pay attention to our picks this coming Friday when we're talking about MTA, um, uh, Mississippi State. But let's talk about the win. Alabama beats Ole Miss. I'm sipping coffee. I've got my boy Bruce right here. We're, we're going to talk about it. 
Oh, yeah. For everybody who's watching this online, you can see my cat. If you're listening to us, no worry. He's he's going to sit here and chill the whole time. Uh, and that is A-OK. Uh, what do you want to talk about? How, where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? I got what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got seven or eight notes from the game. If you want to check out my breakdown, my rewatch of the game, it is right there on Twitter right now on X. I broke down probably 65, 75, 65 plays, snaps from the game. You can view pretty much all of it right there at Joe Gaither 6 on the X machine to go play by play by play. We're not going to bore you like, like that. That t- takes uh, quite quite some time and uh, hope you enjoyed that for your own viewing pleasure while you are uh, bored at work or whatever you're doing this week. Let's start with uh, let's start with. All right. Let's start with the quarterback. Let's start with the quarterbacks. We obviously have Jackson Dart and Jalen Milrow playing head to head. And we're going to grade our boy Jalen Milrow. Jalen Melrow, uh, leading Alabama, 24 to 10. As we said, uh, we're going to start with Jalen Milrow. And I think let's let's go ahead and give him a grade right off the top. I'm going to give him B plus. We'll go B plus, A minus. He's right in that range. Okay, everybody wants to focus on the end zone interception. And obviously, that cannot happen. So we're gonna take we're gonna knock you down from an A for that. You don't get the A minus. You're gonna be B B plus for the, basically his great game. I let me, I didn't even see his actual numbers. I watched all the film again last night. But what was his numbers for the game? Obviously having the touchdown, Alabama, Ole Miss. Let's make let's pull up that box that, that box score so we can uh, see what his actual numbers were. Uh, ends up throwing the big touchdown. Obviously uh, he threw the interception clearly he rushed for probably like what 30 yards something in that range uh and leading alabama that's what i want thank you all right uh 17 to 21 17 to 21 225 yards one touchdown one interception 16 carries for 28 yards no 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 touchdowns there a handful of scrambles uh and old miss they played the game you know, they played as smart as they wanted to, but oh yeah, yeah. I don't really know that Pete Golding was doing anything that special against Jalen Milrow. Uh, you had what three quarterback end arounds uh, that were or, or off tackles or sweeps, whatever you want to kind of label them as, that I don't think we've seen quite so far this year. I got to give Tommy Reese credit. I'm going to beat Tommy Reese up some on this show, but I'm going to give him credit as well for implementing that play, that wrinkle into the Alabama playbook. The quarterback snap, go end around, running back lead, lead, lead blocker, tight end and tight end and tackle, seal it off. Uh, you basically got positive yardage all three plays, and Tommy Reese saved each one of those plays for big moments in the game. He had this. He had, he he debuted it, I think, on the first drive, and then he uh, he ran it again on the drive that, that uh, Jalen Miller threw the interception, and then he ran it again on the drive where Alabama is running the clock out at the very end of the game. Uh, and uh, look, you saved it for the for the great moments of the game. You saved it for the per- perfect times of the game. And I love that wrinkle implementing Jalen Milrose running on just straight up quarterback runs. Uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna mess around with any with any other reads or any other things. We're gonna put our best athlete on the edge, and we're gonna give him an extra blocker. And I love that. So so Jalen Milrose played a pretty fine game in my opinion. Look, besides the one interception. Besides the one interception, he was careful with the football. Uh, look, Ole Miss played a lot of rush three, drop eight. They played a lot of rush three, 
leave a leave a lineman, Centaria Perkins, leave a lineman uh, as a spy, drop the other eight behind him, and let's see if Jalen Milrow can force a ball into coverage. And what I liked about Jalen Milrow is he barely ever – Obviously, the interception was a mistake, and he did force it into coverage there. But barely ever outside of that did he force it into coverage. And so I liked Jalen Milrow's game. Obviously, he comes off the field after the interception going, me, 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 that's my bad. And, yes, it is your bad, my man. We cannot have detrimental plays. We can't. I mean, turning turn the ball over is one thing, and obviously it's a bad thing, but you cannot turn the football over right, down, right there down in the red zone. Oh man! Just take just just take a knife and uh and cut your fingers off. Like literally, like you you're you're hurting your 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 team. Take a take a gun, shoot yourself in the foot. Uh, you, you're, that's as bad as it gets, honestly. And Coach Saban after the game saying, "Oh, they ran trap down there in the goal line," uh, which is he goes, "Y'all don't know what that is," and he explained it to everybody, uh, which I loved. Uh, it basically was man to man. He read that everybody ran man to man except for two flat defenders on each side, and the flat defender on that far side just floated, 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 and waited for uh, Jalen Milrow to, to throw that ball intercepted it and painful 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 play painful turnover for Jalen Milrow uh and that how many of you Alabama fans out there were thinking oh my gosh here we go get this guy off the field because at that point it was uh 7-3 I believe I think it was 7-3 uh Ole Miss had already scored uh and kudos Jackson Dart Jackson Dart played a pretty decent game except for his interception his interception was almost just as bad throwing it into double coverage you had Caleb Downs and Terry and Arnold on the back side of the on the back side uh almost just as bad not near as costly because it wasn't into the end zone but it ultimately was costly Alabama paid off the interception with a touchdown Boom, you cast in right there, 14-point swing, and really, really, really took control of the game in that second half off the Jackson Dart turnover. But we're talking about Jalen Milrow. We're not talking about Jackson Dart really yet. Uh, I, I was really excited and really happy with Jalen Milrow's game because with the drop eight coverage that he basically played into all day long, he made Pretty good plays. Wendell Hare chiming in on our Facebook section. It was some good SEC football played between Ole Miss and Bama. And yes, it was. It was like I walked away from that game thinking vintage Alabama, vintage Alabama. And we'll get into what it really means big picture wise for the next, uh, what, 10 weeks, 11 weeks for Alabama here in a little while. But Jalen Milrow, look. He didn't force the ball outside of the one interception. He didn't force the ball down the field. Now, are you holding the ball a little too long? Sure. Hold the ball just a hair too long. But I think, look, he hit it. Uh, he hits underneath pass to, to Isaiah Bond, goes for a first down. He dumps off for to, Jay, to Jace McClellan, goes for a first down. Uh, let me respond to a text, a work text message real quick, and I will uh, get right back on it. Miss Katie Wyndham chiming in, asking for plans today. Yes, I am. Am. Uh, yes, I am. Because well, it's going to be a huge day. We're going to be going to Alabama basketball availability. We're going to go to Nick Saban availability. We're going to go to Alabama baseball availability and women's basketball availability. Again, you can follow all that at BamaCentral.com. My man, James Ludeman, defensively, this Alabama team will keep the team competitive in games. Defense wins championship. Yes, J J James. And we're going to talk about the defense here in a little while. Jalen Milrow hits a lot of underneath passes. He finds Robbie Oots for, for, for a pretty good pass. He finds C.J. Dupree for a good, pretty good pass. And look, here's the, thing, the deal. It wasn't ever 
as smooth as Bryce Young. I'll say that. No, of course not. The reads are a little clunky. The reads are a little clunky. The ball comes out of his hand a little bit clunky. Uh, But he's mostly picking out the right man. He's mostly picking out the right guy. He's finding the right uh, and, and really giving Alabama a chance to stay on schedule. Stay on schedule. And so I was really happy with Jalen Milrow's game. And does he have room to grow? Absolutely he has room to grow. He has he has miles and miles to grow, especially in the passing game. He does. But the leadership that he showed, bouncing back from the interception, bouncing back from the interception and, and continuing to lead Alabama, putting it obviously behind him. He did seem like he learned from the interception. Boom, the touchdown pass to Jalen Hale, hanging in the pocket, hanging in the pocket. I mean, Suntarian Perkins, ooh, Suntarian Perkins hit that fella right there in the chest on the touchdown pass, and he lets it go, and, he, and obviously he bounces it back up. Uh, he bounces back up, and, and he leads the rest of the team. He Quarterback runs. Look, Jalen Milrow uh, is a work in progress. That's what he is. Uh, is he better than is he better than than Bryce Young? Absolutely not. Is he better than Mac Jones? Absolutely not. Is he better than Tua Tagovailoa? No, absolutely not. My man James James Littleman chiming in. Yeah, the tough part for Milrow is following the four quarterbacks that are in the NFL. Uh, is he better than freshman J- J- Jalen Hurts? Maybe, probably, could be. Uh, but obviously we see what Jalen is now in the NFL and we are exactly like James is chiming in, uh, kind of comparing him to finished products. Jalen Milrow is four or five, just made his fourth start for Alabama. Like, come on. He's a redshirt sophomore. Everything is still a work in progress. You're going to have to help him out and help him out. You, you saw this past weekend, my man Wendell Hare is going to hit my next point. Offensive line taking a step in the right directions. I saw some positive things from it. So Jalen Milrow is a work in progress, and we're going to give him a B-plus for this past weekend's game. You can't get an A because of the uh, the red zone turnover. Oh, the red zone turnover is terrible, terrible. Uh, not so good. Uh, yeah, perfect. All right, but very good. Uh, but off- Alabama offensive line played pretty well. I just watched the re- the tape again last night throughout the game. Uh, were there misses? Yes, of course, there were misses. You had a couple of Caden Proctor, oh, oopsies. You had a Darian Dalcourt whiff or two. You had Seth McLaughlin uh, fall on, falling on the ground a couple of different times. But as a whole, as a big picture, the Alabama offensive line played largely pretty well. You gave up four sacks in the first half, gave up no sacks in the second half. Uh, part of that is because Jalen Milrow hung in the pocket a bit more in the second half. Uh, part of that is due to the Alabama offensive line adjusting to what Ole Miss was doing. Now, Ole Miss was rushing three most of the game. Sometimes four, barely ever much more than that. A couple of times they brought heat, but Alabama's offensive line held up largely throughout the game. Now, on the big touchdown pass that Jalen Milrow threw, got got smashed by Centarium Perkins, uh, you did have miscommunications with Caden Proctor and Tyler Booker on the on the t- on the twist stunt. Uh, Centarium Perkins came in underneath it, and nobody saw it. No one saw it. All right, no, that, that, that's going to happen. Uh, but on the whole, the Alabama offensive line took steps forward. Were they as physical as they need to be? No, no. 
Were they, uh, you know, as clean as they wanted to be? No. Uh, very interesting to me, two, two different things. Uh, Nick Saban brings in Elijah Pritchett and brings in TJ Ferguson uh, really midway into the second, midway into the second quarter. Uh, and I think Elijah Pritchett played pretty well. Uh, it, well, yes, exactly. James, did you not just hear me <laughs> attribute the four sacks a little bit on Jalen Milrow and a little bit on the offensive line? Uh, they took steps forward. Um, you, you, Elijah Pritchett came in for Caden Proctor a little bit at the time, and, and it was either one of two reasons. Like Coach Saban attributed it to, I wanted to see both players play. Uh, but he also, I think, wanted to give Caden Proctor a little bit of a break to, to view things from the sidelines and kind of say, hey, man, watch Proctor a little bit or watch Pritchett a little bit because Pritchett played pretty well. Uh, I wonder if you're going to see Pritchett more as we, go, as we go throughout the rest of the year in place of our friend Daria Dalcourt, who still plays with his pad level uh, way, way, way too high. That's my only real complaint for the Alabama offensive line is the pad level on the whole needs to get better. The pad level on the whole is still a lot higher. There's a lot of catching defensive linemen as they are underneath you uh, getting penetration. But on the whole, the Alabama offensive line did play better. Uh, I, I think that you, you had obviously better leadership and, and obviously Tyler Booker's return uh, to the Alabama offensive line. It was big for the line. Uh, and then you ultimately had Jace McClellan rush for right over 100 yards. You, you basically closed out the game, the second half of the game. Second half of the game for the Alabama offense was really, really beautiful, honestly. First half. Finding your footing, maybe needed to uh, get your butt kicked a little bit and figure out how the you know figure out the level of the physicality that it was going into uh, that's going into the game. Uh, but on the whole, I think that uh, I think the Alabama offensive line played really really strong. Oh, my grandmother chiming in. Yes, man. Oh, wrong 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 comment. There we go. Oh, my grandmother chiming in. It was a good game and great to see you joining me on the Joe Gaither show this morning. Great to see you. Uh, the, t- the the staff of this team is scheduled four out of the seven remains. I don't see another loss. On, oh, it's a book a trip to Atlanta. Maybe so. The stat on this team is really protecting the football. Protect the football and allow the defense to do its thing. Because let's shift to the defense real quick. The defense over four games, you played four games, have played really four beautiful games. You've taken a bad fourth quarter against Texas where the Alabama offense didn't really help you out. The Alabama offense left you on the field. The Alabama offense put you into two bad red zone situations off turnovers. The, the, the game against Texas, I mean, you played four really good defensive games outside of really that last quarter against Texas. I think you've got the makings. Like, you put this film back on, if you guys haven't recorded, go watch the times where Alabama up front. Alabama, oh my gosh, the last two games up front has absolutely whipped the opposing offensive line. Now, granted, last week it was against USF, and that's, you know, throw that out there. You're not going to be playing uh, USF-like teams the rest of the year. But the Alabama defensive front got a lot of pressure with four. And then what I loved, I think Kevin Steele, okay, we're going to go back to a little bit of the conversation last last week, who's calling this Alabama defense. Our man Lane Kiffin said, I don't know, but whoever it was, they did a good job today. Yes, they did. 
I think Kevin Steele, after the Texas game, said to Nick Saban, hey, man, uh, I want to blitz more. And whether it was Traveris Robinson calling the, calling the blitzes or what, the last two weeks with USF and Texas – have seen way, way, way more stunting than I have and blitzing than I have seen, oh, in quite some time. Uh, you had a double safety blitz on the final fourth down of the of the game that led to a major in, in, incompletion. You have lots of bringing linebackers in and mixing it in. Tresman Marshall even looked like a competent linebacker in this game. Oh, rest in peace, little Deontay Lawson. We're going to find out how bad his ankle injury is today. Uh, but Jihad Campbell came, comes in and plays very, very well in his in his today. But beautifully, really, you have Chris Braswell and Dallas Turner coming off the edges, collapsing the line over and over and over again. Those two guys have been playing outside their minds the last two weeks. you got to stay at that level. you got to stay at that level because – Here's the deal. Rat poison coming in. Rat poison. You you cannot get this great second half where you are playing vintage Alabama football, ball control, great defense, solid offense, hammer, hammer, hammer. The Alabama Anaconda is choking Ole Miss out. You can't have that and walk into this week saying, all right, we got it. Sure. Mississippi State's bad. They're not a good football team. What you're going on the road, they're hungry. They're 0-2. You cannot believe your own press clippings. Whatever you've done over the last week and change, two weeks and change, the approach that you've taken through practice throughout the two last two weeks and change has to be the same. Look, you heard them talk about the Texas week. Oh, we thought we were going to – we took winning for granted. No, 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 no. Right here, everything, you're starting to give the Alabama Nation what they want – Come on, guys, you're going to have to stay on it. Chris Braswell, Dallas Turner, you're going to have to stay on it, really just killing the other the, the other tackles, killing the edges of their other, of, of collapsing the pocket, and really being, you know, terrorizing opposing defenses. Want to give a huge shout-out to Tim Keenan. Tim Keenan, Birmingham native, has really, really, really come on. Uh, we've been looking for a, a dominant defensive lineman probably since Quentin Williams. I know Chris Braswell, uh, excuse me, I know Christian Barmore did a little bit of that, but never really consistent enough. Tim Keenan, the last two weeks, has shown lots of flashes of ability, lots of flashes of disruptive nature in his game, and disruptive nature within the scheme of the offense, or excuse me, within the scheme of the defense. You know, you used to hear Christian Barmore, oh, he's a, you know, he's a beast, but he's not playing in the scheme of the defense, and that's why he's not playing so much. Tim Keenan playing in the scheme of the defense and just really becoming a disruptive force. And so when you can get pressure, uh, if you're Kevin Steele and you can get pressure with three and with four, it gives you a lot more creativity on the back end. It gives you a lot more freedom on the back end. And goodness gracious, the Alabama back end, the Alabama defensive backs have been absolutely incredible. Uh, the last two weeks, for sure, obviously the Texas week, not good. The Texas week, you got burned on uh, several miscommunications. And Nick Saban talking about that, really attributing it to not having Jalen Key and not having Malachi Moore throughout the week to get the communication quite right, uh, going out there against a great Steve Sarkeesian offense and getting confused on a couple of switches, a couple of uh, schematic issues, and getting burned deep down the field. Uh, the last two weeks, though, I mean, obviously USF. It's USF. But you're playing a quality Ole Miss team, and Terry and Arnold and Kool-Aid McKinstry are all over everyone. 
oh man, those two guys are just blankets and really blankets in such a way. What's been your biggest complaint about the Alabama DBs over the last couple of years? Too many pass interference calls, too many holding calls, too too physical, and really, you know, you're not defending the pass one on one because you're not turning your head around, you're not reaching, you're not looking at the ball, you're playing the man and getting penalized. Terry and Arnold and Tua and McKinstry, if you you put these defensive backs on tape the last two weeks, it has been absolutely gorgeous. I mean, Terry and Arnold really the entire year outside of a couple of penalties against Texas. But goodness gracious, those two guys have been magnificent on the back end. And, of course, you knew that Kool-Aid McKinstry was going to be magnificent going into the year. And I have been a Terry and Arnold supporter, really, for the longest time, for the last two years. I know Terry and I had a kind of a difficult year last year, but I've loved his athletic ability and the tools that he possesses. It seems like over the summer, uh, it seems like over the summer, over the spring and summer, Terry and Arnold has really clicked uh, from, as a man-to-man perspe- from a man-to-man perspective and just played outside of his mind. Uh, my one complaint is an aesthetics complaint uh, for both those guys. And maybe you guys can answer this in the comments. What's the deal with wearing a mouthpiece and not wearing it? What's the deal with, like, I don't care that they're wearing green mouthpieces and there's no green in the Alabama co- uh, color scheme. I don't care. You can wear pink, green, red, orange, black, purple, white. I don't care what color it is. That doesn't really bother me at all. Uh, but what bothers me, and maybe this is me being old, Maybe this is me being uh, antiquated a little bit, but come on. Just having it hang from your face mask the entire game, put that baby in your mouth. Put that baby in your mouth, chomp down on it, and play some football. I don't understand. Uh, now I get it. In the NFL, mouthpiece rules are not are, are, are much more relaxed, and I understand probably the guys aren't, aren't, aren't as, you know, we don't love playing with a mouthpiece. Well, having it, is it too big for your mouth? People, somebody brought that up to me. Maybe it's too big. They can't breathe. Remold a mouthpiece. Remold it so that it, it fits nice and tight. You know, the Steph Curry mouthpiece that was kind of like Invisalign. Like, remold it to your mouth. I, I'm sorry. And that just makes me a fuddy-duddy, probably. That just makes me a little bit antiquated. But it just drives me crazy watching the games and seeing that mouthpiece dangling from all their face masks in the back end. Like, just put it in your mouth. Chomp down on it. it. It's there for a reason. You'll save your teeth. Uh, you'll save your teeth. You'll you 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 might go play a little more physical. I don't, I don't know. Uh, just is a personal problem that I have. Not the problem with their play because those two guys, uh, <laughs> those two guys are uh, playing outside of their minds. But when I put it on tape and I see that green mouthpiece hanging down out of their face mask, like, ugh. Just drives me nuts. Just drives me nuts. Okay, all right. Here, here we go. What else we got on on tap for the day? I'll go back to Jalen Miller real quick because I missed one of my points. A couple times, uh, the Jalen Miller is escaping the pocket on tape. I'm noticing he's rolling right, but all the receivers are to the left side. The the whole play scheme has worked its way to the left. Uh, but he's rolling right, right-handed quarterback. That's what you feel more comfortable with. Get that. Totally get that. But, my mans, you're rolling right, and there's no one over there. There's no one over there but three but three old Miss defenders uh, looking at you because they're in zone coverage. But all your receiving options are over to the left. So you got to get a, a small negative for that as well. That's why I don't want to give you an A for your grade. I'm going to give Jalen Milrow 
86. Nice solid B. Not quite a B plus, uh, but a pretty good game for Jalen Milrow. All right, all right, all right. Good. Uh, I have. Oh gosh. Oh yo 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 yo. The worst part of the game. The most infuriating part of the ball game. First and goal from the one. First and goal from the one. From the one yard line. Oh, my gosh, Tommy Reese! I could have dro- driven over to Brian Denny Stadium, found my way up to the press box, and choked you out myself. Unbelievable. First and goal from the one. You're lined up in shotgun. First off, all right, how many times this year have you seen already uh, third and one, third and short, Alabama lines up under center, quarterback sneak. You've seen two quarterbacks, three Quarterback touchdowns this year, rushing, Buckner, Milrow, Simpson, all in the first week with uh, against MTSU. Yes, I know. But goodness gracious, you need one yard to put to, to put a, uh, to put a score on the board. You need one yard to send Bryant-Denny Stadium into a frenzy. You've already got them percolating. You've already got them ready to, ready to outburst after the Ja'Cory Brooks punt block. And very fortunate. The Ja'Cory Brooks punt block doesn't go out the back of the end zone for a safety. Yeah, you'd like the two points and you take possession for sure. But, man, you want to have the six-point touchdown. And you've got the opportunity. First and goal from the one. And you line up in shotgun like a fool. Like an absolute fool. Uh, do we have plays that are under center? Do we have any under center plays? Now I know I've seen it with quarterback sneak, and you really you at you did run a play from under center right after right in the second half. Your first play was from under center. You've got problems with inconsistent snapping. Sorry, Seth McLaughlin, but it is true. You've been snapping the ball all over the place, whether it's high, low, left, right, too hard. You've been you got problems with the snapping. Get your rear end, under center, quarterback sneak it, take your one yard, get into the end zone, and, and, and you know, let the top off of Brian in the stadium. That place would have gone mad. But it did go mad for an absolute other reason. You snapped the ball over the head. Now, Coach Saban says that the snap wasn't ready. Uh, you can look at it on my X. I, 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 you know, put it as one of my clips right there at Joe Gaither 6. I don't know that that's quite the case. Uh, I think that was more so his best answer to McLaughlin snapping it over his head. Now, that was his answer from seeing it live on tape, live on field. He hadn't had the opportunity yet to diagnose it on tape. No, I think the whole line was ready. Uh, Yes, Robbie Utes did false start on the play by, by a nose. And yes, Tyler Booker and at that point, Elijah Pritchett never got out of their snap. Or never got out of their uh, out of their their set. Excuse me. They never fired off the line. <clears throat> but so so something was clearly wrong. Something was clearly wrong. But the snap being right over you know right over Milrose uh, left ch- right shoulder just sends everything into uh, just 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 sends everything into disarray. And then you're looking at second and goal from like the twenty. Uh, you have a penalty. Oh, uh, gosh, just just throws everything off, and you have to settle for a field goal. Uh, maybe MVP of the season so far this year, uh, as far as playing the best at their position, uh, Will Riker. Will Riker, but so far, knock on wood, has been so, so consistent. You love that. James Burnup as well. Uh, but 
those guys, those two guys have been extremely, extremely consistent already through four weeks. You want to see it continue. You don't want to give them their flowers too early because anytime, uh, anytime disasters can strike from the kicking game. And so uh, give them, give them some flowers. You get uh, Will Riker, what, three field goals, two field goals. Yeah, 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 two field goals, and then, uh, and then obviously you have Ty Simpson cash in, uh, cash in for two point conversion, and the rest are extra points. But just a great game, really a fun game. Uh, and for you Alabama fans out there, I hope that you feel very encouraged. I feel, hope that you feel very encouraged because you do, as my man James Ludeman said. Let me scroll back up to it. Where is it? Yeah, you do have a championship level defense, I think. I think this defense could be right around though that uh, that 2011-12 range. You're not at 2016 where you're turning the ball over and cashing in a lot a lot of touchdowns, but you're getting pressure with three and with four rushers. You're bringing blitzes with athletic linebackers like Deontay Lawson, Jihad Campbell, and Trez Marshall, and these guys are creating lots of disruptions up front. And so you should be encouraged that the Alabama defense is really, really strong through four weeks. Uh, and I and I think that really because of the defense, it leaves pressure off the offense to a degree, but the offense needs to be a little more patient, needs to be just a little more patient. And you found that in the second half. You found that in the second half by running the football more, by getting into the running game and being patient with the running game. Oh, okay, my man James Ludeman cashing in. The question, is the key to the offense success in the running? Yeah, no, it is. I mean, it is. Milrow seems to be better with less throws, 131 rushing yards, and 21 passes for Milrow. Yeah, exa- that's exactly it. You have to pass – in certain times, you have to pass when it's necessary. You don't need to be you don't need to be throwing the ball all over the yard. You can be patient, taking a one, two yard gain on first and ten. You can take another four yard gain on second and eight. You know, and now you're looking at third and four. You get into third and four. The defenses have to guard quarterback run, have to guard any sort of pass, have to guard handing the ball off again. I think that the key to this offense is just staying on schedule. Is just staying on schedule. I mean, obviously, you love the big plays over the top, and we'll hit you, Burton, in just a second. You love the big plays over the top, uh, and you've seen Jalen Milrow has been capable of throwing the ball down the field. His, his deep ball has been pretty nice throughout the, the year. But it's all about just staying on schedule with this Alabama offense. You don't have to go for it. You don't have to hit the hit for 45 yards a pop and throw, you know, 20 yards of play, this, that, and the other. Of course, you love that. You're never going to turn that down. But Tommy Reese, just got to find some more patience, my man. Uh, you're going to have to find some more patience. And you need to realize that you're dealing with the University of Alabama, not Notre Dame where you're trying to out-scheme some guys and be too fancy. Oh, my gosh, the Kendrick Law, the Kendrick Law end around, speed sweep, whatever you want to call it, down there on the goal line into the short side of the field where Ja'Cory Brooks has responsibility for two Ole Miss defenders. Like, that that bleep ain't going to work. That bleep is not going to work. Just line up and go at these people. Go right at these people. Uh, And and I think that you're going to really find more success. Being more patient and going right at these people. I love what I saw getting in 12 personnel. A lot of the game, not enough. A lot of the game, but not as much as I want. Uh, you only you ran the pistol formation a handful of times throughout the game. I like it. Need more. Need more downhill running. 
in much more downhill running for uh, the Alabama offense to be successful. Now, I got good Burton, bad Burton on my list. Good Burton, bad Burton. Jermaine Burton makes probably his greatest play in an Alabama uniform in this game. Uh, Jalen Miller throws the bomb up to him, and it was off target. It was not online. Jermaine Burton finds it in the air, makes an adjustment, and catches it, fingertips catching it, sliding into sliding down the field. You, you're, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, Jermaine Burton, where have, where have you been? And, yes, that was a miss on Milrow's part. Now, it didn't go down as a miss. It went down as, what, a 40-something yard gain uh, through the air, and everybody rejoices. Jermaine Burton made really an, a beautiful adjustment. This is in the second half. This is in the second half as Alabama is starting to take control of the game. Now, you follow it up, you dummy. Oh, my gosh. Good Burton. Greatest play you've ever made in the Alabama uniform? Bad Burton. Just, oh, you hold you, you hold around the edge. You negate the fifth touchdown of the year, negated by penalty. Jermaine Burton holding call on the outside. Holding call 11 yards down the field. I mean, my mans, you're already 11 yards down the field. You don't need to hold. Jace McClellan, even if Jace has to go one-on-one with that defender because you stopped blocking because you weren't you didn't want to get a holding call, uh, do you like Jermaine Burton out on the edge against a defensive back? Yes, you do. So give him a chance to either go one-on-one, beat the defender, or just take the 11-yard gain, take the 13-yard gain, because you know Jace McClellan's going to fall forward against a defensive back. Oh, absolute pain, absolute gut shot to follow up a great, brilliant play, and it was a great, brilliant play, Jermaine Burton, with negative play with a negative play that, that really just take wind right out of your sails. Uh, and Just painful, painful Jermaine Burton on that play. All right, Jalen Hale. Jalen Hale uh, makes two huge catches. It was just two catches for Jalen Hale, right? Yeah, two catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Freshman getting onto the field for uh, looks like his first significant action, in my opinion. Uh, makes a big catch on a crossing route right over the side, and you need to look at that play right there on my exploit machine where I break it down at Joe Gaither 6. Jalen Milrow making a perfect read. As soon as the back third defender turns his back, he he launches it up to Jalen Hale uh, for a nice 30-yard gain, 30, 35-yard gain, and then obviously you all saw the touchdown pass. Jalen Hale going up, going up over the top, Catching the ball, coming down in the end zone. Got to give a big shout out to the uh, to. Got to give a big shout out to the announcers trying to count feet. Oh, he's got one, two feet in bounds. Okay, it's a touchdown. Like you idiots, this is college football. You only need one foot in bounds. You only need a little bit in bounds. Uh, the announcers left a lot to be desired uh, over the weekend. Good morning, C.J. Watson. Yes, it is an early show, and I'll remind you why. It's an early show because Bama Central today is going to be all over a lot of coverage. We're going to Alabama basketball availability. I'm going over to that in like literally 15 minutes or so. Uh, and then we're going to have Alabama football availability at noon. We're going to have Alabama baseball availability at 2.30 and Alabama women's basketball at 3.30. So it's going to be a huge day. We'll be at 4 
four different press conferences, four different sports, holding their, you know, their usuals. Look, we're having our first practice for Alabama basketball, spring spring baseball, and Alabama uh, women's basketball as well, having their first practice. So uh, getting excited for those winter sports, getting going, and fall ball, getting rolling for baseball, will be all over it at BamaCentral.com. And I'll be tweeting all about it. So we're excited about that. On uh, we're, we're, we're excited about that right here at BamaCentral.com. All right, so Jalen Hale, you get your shout-out. Uh, Jalen Milrow, we're giving you a B-plus. Uh, Centarian Perkins on the on the Ole Miss side, you got to get a gold star. Gold star for Centarian Perkins, being just havoc, wreaking havoc throughout the, throughout the day. Uh, yeah, the, old, the Alabama offensive line was better, uh, but Centarian Perkins did challenge, challenge Pritchett, challenge Booker, challenge Dalcourt, challenged all of them, and really was all over Milrow in the uh, in the quarterback spy game, and just really an impressive player. Uh, we, you can see why Lane Kiffin was praising him throughout the week. Oh, Santarian Perkins is the only guy that Alabama wanted. Uh, and, I, and you can see why Alabama wanted him. He looks like he's going to be a stud throughout the, uh, throughout his career uh, right, th- right, right there with Ole Miss. Now, a little thoughts on Lane Kiffin, and we'll wrap this bad boy up. A uh, little thoughts on Ran- Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin essentially goes into the media and is lamenting, oh, this was our shot. We really wanted this game. We tried to do some things different in this game. I don't know that I agree. Lane, you didn't go for it on fourth down until late in the game. Now, a lot of that was Alabama winning on third down a lot. Oh, gosh, Alabama did win on third down a lot, getting a lot of pressure on Jackson Dart. And Jackson Dart played an okay game. He wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. Uh, the interception was a terrible choice, throwing it up into double coverage and really kind of nuked Ole Miss's chances. But wasn't great. wasn't terrible. I don't know, Lane. You, you, your defensive game plan – Sorry, Pete Golding. I, you know, I was always one of your def- defenders here in Tuscaloosa. But Pete Golding, you really put on a vanilla, vanilla game plan. Didn't really do a whole lot of things that uh, were going to chat. Like you did a lot of, uh, you did a lot of tackle in stunts, twisting stunts on the defensive line. But you didn't really bring a whole lot of extra pressure. You didn't really challenge Alabama up front in that fashion. Uh, you didn't really you, you you hardly ran any man to man. It was a lot of zone coverage. Everybody look at Jalen Milrow and make him try to find a hole in the game. And Jalen Milrow played a very patient game, taking underneath routes and taking routes that were open. Look, he only pressed the ball down the field a couple of times, and when he did, most often it was uh, it was uh, two <laughs> two dagger shots. Uh, you had the over the top to Burton. You had the over the top to Hale. Uh, Hale got an intermediate route over the top. Of as well, but most everything else was a six-yard pass, an eight-yard pass, you know, right down, taking the man right in front of you. And yeah, my man Jay, uh, CJ Watson noticed uh, Milrow hanging tough in the pocket, checking down. Uh, but I, uh, but yes, showing massive progress. Uh, so, so really, Pete Golding. I don't really think Pete Golding you challenged the Alabama offense that much. I don't really think that. The Alabama offense really ever had to do anything beyond what they wanted to do. And that's what kind of frustrated me some about Tommy Reese's approach, trying to get a little too fancy on the end around to Kendrick Law, being in the shotgun from first and goal from the one. Like, I think Alabama could have lined up and played bully ball and bullied its way down the field throughout the entire game. Now they did in the second half, and they did on really the drive that broke Ole Miss 
you had great, great rushing uh, throughout that, 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 what, third drive in the second half. Uh, and, and so I don't really know that Lane Kiffin and Pete Golding put on their best game plan. Now, the next game that I coach will be my first. Uh, but Lane, I think when I rewatch the tape, your game plan offensively left a good bit to be desired. Uh, I think it was a very conservative game plan. Now, some of that is due to, I think he has a lot of respect for the Alabama athletes, uh, but it seemed to be very conservative and didn't really seem to, I don't know, didn't really seem to challenge the Alabama defense uh, schematic-wise or the Alabama offense uh, really schematic-wise either. And so Ole Miss going to have to go lick their wounds. I dropped them down in the SEC power rankings. I think I've dropped them from one to six. Uh, and, and I moved Alabama up from seven to five, back into the top five. Oh, the Georgia Bulldogs uh, put them finally at number one in, in the Bama Central SEC power rankings. Uh, yeah, you beat UAB, but golly, Georgia has left a lot to be desired as well. The SEC looks wide open. SEC looks wide open. And so right here, the rest of the season, everybody who wants to say the dynasty's dead, I think that you might uh, regret your, all your takes from the week prior, uh, declaring the Nick Saban dynasty over. Now, will they will they win the West? I I, I don't have a clue. I, I cannot say that. But do they look like maybe the best team in the West right now after uh, the first week of real SEC play? You know, LSU's still there. LSU went to to Starkville and beat the brakes off of Mississippi State. But you played a real close game with Arkansas. Yes, I know, Arkansas, a rivalry game. K.J. Jefferson and the boys going to throw everything at you. But Arkansas hasn't really impressed me that much. Uh, so what to make of LSU? What to make of LSU? We're going to have to keep watching them. Now, Ole Miss will play LSU this week, and that will kind of give us a better idea of what LSU is going to be. Obviously, Alabama's focus is on MT, uh, Mississippi State. I keep wanting to say MTSU. Mississippi State. And we'll get into Mississippi State later in the week as we as we progress. 8 p.m. kick this weekend. Everybody sip your coffee throughout the day <laughs> on Saturday as we're going to stay up late on Saturday night and try to keep this thing rolling, try to capture the momentum that you found in the second half. Look, Coach Saban after the game saying, you know, we believed in these guys. We needed these guys to believe in themselves. Ideally, ideally, the second half, when they rewatch the tape this week, is going to say, look, when we do the right things, when we play to the standard, oh, the standard, the standard, the standard. When we play to the standard, then we can play well. We can play Alabama football. The defense throughout the game, really through two weeks, has played Alabama football. The offense, obviously shaky last week against USF, uh, but the first half, you know, the offense was close in the first half. There's just a couple of mishaps in the first half that prevented Alabama from getting into the end zone and putting up more points. Obviously, the interception stands out as the as the biggest mishap. But a couple of mishaps that really just prevented you from putting up more points. The second half, really, really clean offensively, largely. Of course, still things to clean up. Uh, you had some excuse me, you had some penalties that you want to clean up, some holding calls, some illegal shifts that you wanted to clean up. But the second half, this is you hear it in, in the uh, you hear it in the intro, you hear it on CTSN. This is Alabama football. Second half was Alabama football. You had the Alabama Anaconda choking Ole Miss out, the life slowly, slowly robbing them of air, and you can see it on the sidelines. Lane Kiffin getting frustrated. And so, what will you do, Alabama? Will Alabama take 
the second half and be able to be able to string it together week after week after we build momentum off that second half and continue to grow and improve. Tommy Reese will continue to learn this, uh, learn his personnel, learn what works for this team. The Alabama offensive line, hopefully, ideally, will continue to take steps and work towards improvement. And I think you've got all the makings of a classic vintage Nick Saban football team. So we'll just have to see how it progresses. I've gone through all my notes for the day. We're going to be back tomorrow with another edition of the Joe Gaither Show. Quick reminder, we will be all over Alabama basketball, Alabama football, Alabama women's basketball, and Alabama baseball today at BamaCentral.com. You can follow me on the social media machines at Joe Gaither 6 on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. I'll be social mediaing all of the press availabilities. We'll be on hand with Katie Wyndham, Blake Byler. We'll be on hand with Matthew Gibson and many others right there in the Naylorstone Media Room, right there at Sewell Thomas Stadium, right there in the bowels of Coleman Coliseum and at Foster Auditorium. Looking forward to uh, being in person, seeing Christy Curry, Nate Oates, and Rob Bond for the first time this year. You can follow it at BamaCentral.com. Of course, all the coverage is at Bama Central on the X Machine. You can find us, I think it's Alabama Crimson Tide on Sports Illustrated, on Facebook. We'll be sharing all that out. Looking forward to a big, big day at BamaCentral.com. Thank you so much to everybody ch- ch- chiming in on the comments. My man James Ludeman, CJ Watson, Wendell Hare, my grandmother, my grandmother Marianne Moore as well, Robert Green. I see Robert Green on the comment side of things. Having a great day. I hope you all have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com.